Thank you so much, Deepa, for being here today. It's very, very exciting. Thank you so much. Deepa is the artistic director of the Indian Classical and Contemporary School Chandralaya in Melbourne, Australia. Thank you so much, Deepa, for being here today. Please let us know about your story, what inspires you, and how did you end up becoming the artistic director and how does it look like? Oh, thank you so much, Diana, for having me in your podcast. It's such a pleasure to be here. Um, yes, um, so I run a Indian classical and um, contemporary dance school in Melbourne, Australia, and I started this journey three years ago. Um, so I, my background is uh, IT management. Um, for about 17 years, I've been working in the IT world, um, doing sort of transformation projects for uh, medium to large scale organizations in the business architecture world. Um, but dance has always been um, something that I started about five and a half, five, when I was five and a half years old. Um, so it was always running parallel to my career. Um, but I think uh, three years back when my son was probably about three or four years old and I said, um, I've got to do something a little bit more. There's something empty in my, and we all go through that as women particularly go through different ages or stages in their lifestyle or in their life, you know, from um, teenager to a woman, to a married woman, to a mother, you start to wonder how to get that fulfillment in life. Um, and the fulfillment for all of us, human beings comes from within like what makes you happy as a person as opposed to getting happiness as opposed to making other people happy you know and uh, then I said to myself you know I've got this dance that I've learned um, I've been dancing all my life more than I've been working in IT and I've I've got about 30 years of experience of knowledge from three different teachers in both classical and contemporary world I need to I don't want that to die within me, you know what I mean? Um, I want that to sort of um, help other people, other individuals, other girls. Um, I, how, how can I impart that? Um, yeah, how can I impart that um, to other folks? And then I said, I'm going to start something. I'm going to start my own school. And my friends were like, oh, it's high time that you started because they were all wondering why I hadn't started, you know, like much earlier. But there's always a time and place for everything in life, isn't it? So that was probably the right time for me to commence it. Um, and then I started the school. Um, and I haven't looked back since. It's growing, and I'm grateful for that. And um, we've got um, we've got a fair bit of students, both kids and adults, who are interested in exploring the art. Um, and uh, it's a it's a pleasure teaching uh, folks here in Melbourne and to impart that cultural connection in them. So that's really, in short, my journey. That's amazing, yes. So how was that transition from a traditional job to opening the school and that process? How was that for you? It was, um, it was probably a, a click in my mind because one of the things I realized was I can't do both, particularly if you're going to start a business and if you're working full time, you can't be available uh, for it like 100%. So I had to make that switch in my head to take a break from the IT job and then really focus on sort of kickstarting this business because there's so many elements to the business, as you know. Um, you've got the marketing side, you've got the IT side, you've got the um, administration side, you've got the creative side, and I'm doing everything. 
Um, so it takes a lot of energy out of you and being a mother and a wife, um, you know, there's so much of other things in the household that demands your attention. So I couldn't give myself 100% for both jobs. So I had to sort of take a break and really focus on setting the business, which I did. Um, and Chandralia is actually inspired from my late mother's name. Her name was Chandra Prabha. And it's somehow just said, okay, I have to, because she has been such an important instrumental individual in my life. And she gave me this art form. Like she said, you've got to learn this. You have no idea how, how much it's going to change your life. And it has. Um, so I'm so grateful for her. And I wanted to, I'm so inspired by her strength that I decided to name it after her. And um, so, yeah, so I really focused on about three months to sort of kick it off, like, you know, getting the website running, um, you know, doing all the admin work to start a business and really putting my name out there saying, hey, people, I've got a school here, um, come and trial with us and um, see. But, and I have to say, it's been pretty welcoming. Yes, I wouldn't say it's all a bit of, you know, red roses, no, it's been up and down, particularly with COVID. Um, but it's been overall very welcoming. Um, and uh, I love the challenges. I think failures are really good for an individual, particularly in a business world, because they just make you understand that they make you strong um, and they make you think that something better is coming. I think, um, and that's something that as an entrepreneur, you sort of switch your mind into that sort of a thinking and you start pushing yourself and you have that fire in your gut to keep going, um, which, which, which are all such good elements. Uh, and I would say last three years, my growth, not just as a company, as an individual has been enormous, like mentally and physically, the growth has been so good. Um, it kind of fine tunes me as, as an individual. So, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So did you have to hire someone, someone else so far or no yet? Or how is that, that process? I, I, so I've done most of the work, but the creative side, I have to do it. I do have my mentors in the industry that I look upon and I ask them. But as an entrepreneur, I'm, um, I do have um, a very, very small team, probably one individual who helps me out um, with running my campaigns and things like that. Um, but um, I've learned a lot from individuals, from other women, um, how to sort of get better at marketing. Um, because one thing I've, I've, um, I've understood is not to, um, not to have, not to be a jack of all trades. It's to really put yourself out there and learn because you never know what you're, what you're going to learn out of it. And every day is a learning process. I do have a, I do have my own photographers and things like that I work with. So I always partner with somebody um, and I think collaboration is a key in this case in running a successful business because it's a, like exchange of information and partnership, which is so rich um, in, in, in coming up in the business world. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I, I remember that you mentioned that your um, grandmother, um, Chandra. No, my mother. Your mother, sorry, Chandra. Um, left this to you, like this, uh, the practice of this dance. And she mentioned maybe that this would change your life. I wonder how the dancing, this type of particular dancing changes lives. Um, so Indian classical dances are very rich in the culture because they are 15th, 16th century old um, information. 
um, that has a lot of science into built into the, into the art form, just like how ballet is, you know, um, is in the Western world and other classical dance forms. So, um, a the richness of the culture gives you a strong hold of the information that's been thoroughly researched um, by the gurus, um, you know, years and years and ages ago. Second, dance in general is really good for your mind and your physical body. Um, and particularly Indian classical dance, the one I practice, which is called Bharatanatyam, is a beautiful combination of uh, music and rhythm and uh, expressions. Um, so all of that is really good for your mental and physical well-being. So you, you're flexing a lot of your muscles, say your facial muscles. Um, you're really um, toning your body in all of those postures that we give, that we teach. Um, and generally just it's also very yogi in nature. Like, for example, Bharatanatyam is very related to yoga because all the stretching and the poses, the sculpturistic poses and everything is very good for your mind, body, soul and really centers you. And dance in general increases your cognitive thinking. Your memory gets really sharpened because um, dance is about learning something, processing it and playing it back. And that continuous cycle really sharpens one's memory. Your motor skills really uh, get driven. Um, your concentration skills really get better. So I think overall, it's so good uh, for, for any individual, regardless of their age. Mm -hmm. Particularly for children, I always say, put them in any art form at an early age, anytime after six, because it really strengthens them as an individual. And particularly Indian art, um, it, it draws that strong connection to where you, want, where you belong. And once you have a strong connection and a sense of identity, you can take on the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, thank you, thank you. So how do you manage um, the aspect of the difference between classical and contemporary? Do you deliver both the same, different classes, or how, how does it work? So in, uh, in my school, the classical is something that's catering for all ages um, and our starting age is at about six and my, my youngest is about six and my oldest is about 60. Um, so we have this whole horizon of age uh, group that come in to learn the classical. The contemporary, and we also have something called bridging, which is in between classical and contemporary. And, the, and class, bridging and contemporary styles are offered to any dancers who have trained in the classical element. So the re prerequisite for bridging and contemporary is to have some sort of classical experience. It doesn't have to be um, Bharatanatyam, it can be any classical for that matter. The reason being is bridging and contemporary styles needs individuals to uplift them to have a vocabulary to dance at a certain level. Um, so anybody beginning would find it very difficult uh, if they don't have any classical experience. So that those are the two styles we offer for slightly older people who have some experience in classical. But the Bharatanatyam is we offer that to beginners as well. Um, and classical and contemporary are different because classical is very much structured. It's got a curriculum. It's got an established way of sort of practicing it. It has different styles, but each style has a curriculum as a structure to it. Contemporary is a little bit more fluid. Um, and a dancer, once, they, uh, once he or she learns classical, at a certain age, 
can make the transition to learn contemporary because by then the body understands how the structured environment works and then they can transition to loosen up a little bit and understand the free-flowing movement that contemporary gives you. Mm-hmm. Um, and contemporary can be used to talk about today's issues we face, like domestic violence, you know, mental health, anxiety, and things like that. So, um, so really, there are two different spectrums of styles. And I always tell my students, after some time, try to jump into another style and experience how your body shifts from being very structured to being on the opposite side. I mean, contemporary is still fluid, but you still have to have a bit of control to move very differently to classical. So I always encourage my students to try different styles, to to allow your body to experience different styles, yet be true to its own style. So that's that's always my advice to my students. Mm, That's amazing. Thank you so much. And how about during COVID? How do you deliver the classes when people have to be at home? So that was a very hard um, decision. I, I never realized as a business owner that I could be operating online for a longer period of time. So we were one of the f- first ones in Melbourne to jump into online classes. So we, we ran Zoom classes for all ages, pretty much for about eight months. That's uh, Because we were in lockdown for nearly eight months last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still went into a snap lockdown this year. So now the students, it was, it, was, it was hard to start with, but I guess the resilience of the students is something I'm very thankful and grateful for. We've had to change the curriculum, make it a little bit more easy on them from the online front, give them a few more breaks. But uh, they have come around so well. Now, if we are in a lockdown, God forbid we don't go into a lockdown again, but we, if we have to go into one, the, the students know exactly how it works. Mm-hmm. And they sort of set themselves into on into an online environment. They have their own space set up. I have my own space set up. But um, I think that that resilience is really important, and that's really built a very strong community. Um, and I'm so grateful to see how the children are so resilient. And we we always worry as parents how it's going to happen, but they just snap back into it. They just know this is how it's done. Um, and so we were able to run Zoom classes pretty well. Um, and we, we do offer them from time to time uh, for older people, not for younger children, because I don't think that's a very sustainable option for young kids. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. What is your definition of success, Deepa? I think success is a very relative term. Um, success has a lot of factors into it, more money, um, you know, usually success is oriented with, with more money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the true definition for me for success is, are you happy doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And are you fulfilled to a reasonable extent that when you get up in the morning, you are not feeling, oh, I don't want to do what I'm doing. Um, and are you able to get up and go, go create something and make yourself happy and make other people happy. And if that's happening in a continuous manner and it's growing, that to me is success. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the monetary side is a success, but sometimes too much money doesn't make anybody 
happy and successful, you know. Um, so I think it's important to weigh in what success is. Yes, there is a monetary element of it, but it's also, apart from the monetary element, are you growing as a person? Is whatever you're doing also growing with you? Um, and that's that all around is success, which I attribute to. Amazing. Thank you so much. We like to explore that concept because it's so relative in every single human being. And it is interesting to see the different perspectives, how everybody internalizes this concept and how they live it in a day-to-day -day basis. So I wonder what would be your premium advice for women who are in the entrepreneurial world and also from the dancing point of view, in those two dimensions. Um. I'll start off with women in the art world. I think um, both men and women for that matter, um, particularly women, because one of the things um, that in the art world that exists today is it's a competitiveness. And um, with COVID, you don't get a lot of opportunities. My only suggestion for women in the art world is keep exploring different channels. Um, don't just think about performance as the only channel because in today's world, that's shifted drastically because of the digital environment. Think about exploring performing in the digital environment, making it available to an audience who can watch you from anywhere in the world. Uh, and that's powerful. We can still create a lot of powerful videos for people to absorb information. Um, so it's about opening our minds and understanding what are the possibilities out there. Think about partnerships, collaborating with other people around the world um, to create material for people to to enjoy and consume. Um, keep your creative mind learning in, in the learning mode, for example, take on, there's so many free um, uh, courses available and also very um, low cost courses available to keep your creative thinking going. If you're a business owner um, in the art world or not, um, try to see if there's any skill sets that you can actually learn with the information that's out there. There's so many courses out there in marketing, in business management, that, that you can, short courses that you can take on and learn. And this is a time to learn, to upskill oneself. Um, and you never know what the possibilities are. Um, you know, take some time to do grant work, um, to put some, to take some time to think about that creative project that you've been wanting to work on. And now is the time to actually put your mind into it and see if you can really push that through and create a project out of it. Um, so that's, I always say, think about it in so many different ways. Don't just think about how can I just run my classes because that's not the only way of um, getting some monetary benefits. There's so many other ways now. Um, it's all about turning that open mindset. For, for women in business, I would say, oh, for women who are thinking of making that switch into business, I would say, give it a go. Don't think too much about that because what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work out. But that learning that one has gone through is, is, is paramount. And, um, and if it's not that idea, that would obviously give the person a chance to try something else. And you know, maybe not the second time, but third time, it will definitely happen, it will click. So my suggestion is if you're thinking and if you're twiddling your thumbs thinking, am I going to start a business or not? Think, just, just don't think about it. Just get it quick. Get in there. Give yourself three months to get your, you know, getting your activities in order. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for help because people are ready to help. 
There's so many elements out there for business owners, so many information out there. It's just, it's just about you willing to help um, yourself in a sense, the individual grow um, into whatever they want to become. So that's my humble advice. Thank you so much, Deepa. Um, I feel very grateful that you very kindly have been able to showcase in a way your own journey, um, how you started and your transition from a normal job, a corporate, the corporate world, and also fulfilling your passion, fulfilling your life with specifically that form of art that you practice. So I think that this is very inspirational and that you have given us a lot of value there into how is that that is possible and that not necessarily the results that we might foresee that might happen um, actually is, could be the result. There are other type of things that we can consider like the growth that you speak about. So this is very valuable and sometimes we miss that part. So I'm very grateful that you mentioned all of this. Thank you so much. I wonder, um, is there anything that you wish I had asked you today? Um, any particular um, highlight that you'd like to make? Um, I think the only thing I'd like to say to women particularly is um, we always want a lot of things which is not bad and wanting them is not bad. In fact, one shouldn't feel guilty about it. Um, but there are, there are things that can has to happen uh, in your life in certain times. And um, my suggestion is always to women to say that keep working on them, but don't wish for everything to happen to you at once because that, that's just not possible. Mm -hmm. um, one's journey. And the second thing I always tell them, I always tell myself, as I practice, you have to, you ha as you preach, you have to practice, is do not compare your journey with anybody else's. Because the minute you start doing that, you are going to weaken yourself, you weaken your potential. Your journey or my journey or one's journey is so different from the other person. Mm -hmm. And you're on a different path. Um, and if somebody is doing better than you, all you should do, all we should do is to be happy and be grateful that there is a woman out there who's doing really well and get some inspiration to define your own journey. But don't compare, oh my God, that person's doing so well, what about me? Because you are in a different path. And as long as you stay one stay grounded on your path, then success is sure to reach. So that's my only thing to say, no matter what you're doing as a woman, whether you're a business owner or a professional or a homemaker, whatever it is, it is your journey and that journey is unique to only yourself. Mm -hmm. And as long as you, you believe strongly in that, you're going to get success no matter what you're doing in that journey. So that's my only advice to, to women out there. Thank you so much, Deepa. This is very beautiful, it's very inspirational. And I think that is gonna, it's gonna leave a, a very good reflection there in people in terms of how everybody is unique. Um, there is no need to, to even try to foresee ourselves in other people because as you mentioned, everybody has a different learning uh, experiences, which is beautiful about the world. Actually, that's what makes sense about the world. So thank you so much for that. Pleasure, thank you. Thank you so much, Deepa. And please let us know, keep us updated. 
about your projects or things happening with the school, uh, we can do that through social media. So if you tag us and you want to share, we are very happy to reshare that with the audience so people get connected with you also and know what is going on around you. Oh, absolutely. More, more than happy to do that. And thank you so much for your for creating this venue, an opportunity for women to come on board and talk to you about the different stories, because it's such a powerful thing you're doing to share all of these women's stories with other people and inspiring. So you're so inspirational to have started this venture. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. We get sometimes the inspiration through the situations that have happened in our lives. And we end up with something beautiful that we didn't know before that could be possible. So it's just like your story. So that's amazing. Oh, yes. so much. Absolutely inspirational. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now.